Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, it's not your team. It's you. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of It's Not Your Team. It's you here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tyler Coe. And I'm your host, Haley Graves. And this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino guys open 24-7. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Uh, Wanted to get that out of the way because we have a ton to talk about, Haley. We are week two. Uh, in the college football rankings, and there are only two left. I don't know if it's 2020, what it is, but we're almost to the end of this thing. We only have like two weeks left of regular season college football. Right, real two with that, you know, dangly December 19th weekend that the SEC is likely going to tap into. But aside from that, we've almost actually completed a college football season despite many people thinking it was ever going to happen. It's, uh, it's crazy to think, yeah, if you were an ACC, Big 12, uh, uh, SEC guy, then you, you knew that this could happen and you got to right. see the fruits of your labor. If you're the Pac-12, if you're the Big 10, you are white-knuckling this thing to the very end, to the very <laughs> last second, last minute of the regular season uh, finale in college football because we still have no idea exactly how this thing is going to end up. Um, right. The rank, rankings coming out again. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so we we do the show now right after the rankings come out on Tuesday. Not a ton of change, but we have a better idea. Uh, even right. in that, with there not being changed, we know things now going forward. So uh, we have some guarantees in that top four, and then we have some open spots. And I think we really aren't right. going to know Haley till the very last weekend. No, I completely agree. Nothing's going to shake until that last weekend after that championship you know, Saturday, especially because there's still a lot of sketchiness going on in this AP top 20. I mean, not AP, this college football playoff top 25 that we will get into that. I think a lot of people have gripes over, have issues with, and it's just, it's really interesting seeing the voting layout. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of it just kind of has to be with who you are, what kind of program you are. And that's kind of where it feels like the voting is actually taking place rather than they've always told us we're going to vote on how a team looks week in and week out. Every week, the, the, the voting numbers that come in are based on how a team looked that week, how they've you know continued to look, continue to evolve. With that being said, a lot of people probably don't think A&M deserves to be number five. We'll get into that. But at the same time, Ohio State didn't even play over the weekend. So by all intents and purposes, Ohio State shouldn't have even been in this top four, shouldn't have even, you know, they've played four games. So there's just there's a lot to discuss, and it's really interesting how the voting situation is coming out. Absolutely. The only thing we know for sure, everybody in America knows, is that the committee hates BYU. Yes. <laughs> I can't help you guys. Cougar fans, I'm sorry. We apologize, but there's no mistake about it. After these rankings come up, I'll go ahead and spoil it for you, and we're going to get into all the rankings, like Haley said, uh, later on in the show. They moved up one spot from 14 to 13. 
in the new rankings? Simply because Northwestern lost. It had oh. nothing to do with giving <laughs> BYU credit. It was because they dropped Northwestern. And, and so. that's, that's, that's after a week where the committee heard nothing but flack about where they had BYU, the, la- the right. disrespect from all over, written from media, uh, print news, everybody was on top of them. And they're like, no. We don't care. One more spot. That was it. Yeah. Uh, so that's all we know about the, the, the committee thus far. They cannot stand BYU. Uh, but we're going to get into all that after we hit the top stories from the weekend because it was a pretty good weekend in college football, starting off, of course, with Sarah Fuller, which um, somebody said it best. It might have been on the broadcast that, like, it's rare for there to be a lot of firsts nowadays, you know? Like, we've yeah. kind of covered it as a human species. Uh, right. She was the first to be able to do it uh, in college football, and it was a really special day. Oh, but I'm going to correct you a little. She's the first to do it in the power for a power five conference team. We've had two other women already kick in college football, but she was the first to do it for a power five, which was, you know, a lot of kind of crossing hairs. People were getting a little bit of an uproar, like, no, she's not the first. She's the first to do it in power five, which actually does say a lot. And not only that, she didn't for an SEC school. Granted, it was Vanderbilt. Take that for what you will. But regardless, it was still a huge accomplishment for her and exciting to see, you know, like they say to young girls, see it, be it. And a lot of girls on Saturday saw a woman on the field kicking for a power five team. She did a great job. That squib kick she had was actually perfectly executed. Vanderbilt on the receiving side just didn't do their job. That was great. If anybody thought that she shanked it, she didn't. That was like, she went Oh, I know. She, bless her, literally bless her heart. She ended up, I'm guessing, getting a lot of flack especially on the social media, as I'm sure on Twitter, as people love to be mean on that platform. And, you know, they didn't really set her up for success. And the fact that they posted just kind of generic, hey, she kicked, she kicked the ball, you you know, like no one put any context behind why she did a squib kick, thus making people think that she just couldn't kick. And in result, she ended up, you know, quote tweeting a video of her a couple weeks ago in November and saying, I'm just going to leave this here. I think it was from the SEC tournament and it was her kicking the soccer ball from one, you know, goal to the other, proving that she can kick a ball the full length of a field. Um, And she said, I'm just going to leave this here. So I'm assuming she got a lot of heckle from people. She did. I'm sure we could imagine who they were. It's just a bunch right. of dudes sitting on their mom's couch, overweight, that would get winded walking down the street. So, like, right. I understand it. I was more upset in that game. I think all of us were being like, Vanderbilt, you're so terrible. Can you get in field goal range? Just one right. time. Just one right. time. Can you <laughs> do it? That was, like, my only gripe with it is, like, tuning in to see this, which was awesome. But it's like, you guys are that bad. You can't even get in the field goal range with this girl, but she's going to get another opportunity this coming weekend. Maybe. Well, we hope. Maybe. Hopefully. We say we say that light and light tones because she is going to be their kicker moving forward. However, they do play Georgia this week, so take that for what it is. Hey, Georgia, yeah, I bet she can, uh, for whatever reason, she's going to get multiple opportunities to kick a field goal <laughs> against Georgia. I don't know why. Hey, I would say like I would I would say the same thing. I mean, on that same front, we're going to talk about the coaching carousel later, but Derek Mason is out as their head coach, we know. Um, so Vanderbilt could be a new-looking team coming out against Georgia, and I'm sorry, Bulldogs, you still have not convinced me that you're worth a shit this season. So, I mean, it could be fun. Might be a reason to tune into that game. Absolutely. I, I agree with you on both fronts. They are not worth a, as you said, shit. 
as of right now. Um, again, we're going to be questioning, I'm sure, like Georgia fans are. I hate to sidebar this right now, but like um, <laughs> I think Georgia fans are down there just wondering, like, why the hell didn't we play JT Daniels earlier? What, right. what, how bad was he really uh, uh, with that knee? How bad was it to where he couldn't right. play, go through the mailman and Mathis? Like, we, we have our quarterback now in like week eight. It's too late. Anyways. Like, who'd you piss off? Right. I don't, I don't understand uh, what, what's going on down there. Um, I'm sure right. Georgia fans have been losing their minds with it as well. Um, but you couldn't have had a worse weekend than Derek Mason. Obviously, he loses his job than UTEP. Right. So if anybody didn't <laughs> see this, this is amazing because Haley and I are two Texas people. Right. Uh, born in the Lone Star State. So for those, just for those listening that don't know, UTEP stands for University of Texas El Paso. So we're talking about a school in El Paso, right on the border of Texas and Mexico. That's right. Uh, it's a, if you're looking at Texas folks, the, the pointy star bit, that's where El Paso is, right on that tip. Yep. Um, so UTEP, this is amazing. So UTEP traveled to Houston, which is on the other side of the state. If anybody wants to know if you want to drive there, it's about 10 hours and 30 minutes to get from El Paso to Houston. That's without traffic, without anything. So UTEP had to play against Rice in Houston. They did not test themselves for COVID before, but tested when they got in Houston. When they got to Houston, positive tests were had with, a, with multiple players, so they had to cancel the game and go back home, which is fine, Haley. That's a big inconvenience. However, the kids who tested positive had to take a bus from Houston to El Paso. If anybody wants to know how long that is, that is, if you're lucky, 18 plus hours to get from Houston, Texas to El Paso. I don't know who or what it says more or less about because it's cruel and unusual punishment for the kids for testing positive. But then at the same time, it was also self-inflicted by the program. I understand their decision-making and sending these kids on the bus, but also that's so unresponsible because now you're just putting positive COVID tests out into the world for to, to save your football team and your football program that is on an enclosed plane with one another. And yes, realistically, like that avoids, you know, your program from getting more positive tests, maybe because they already flew on the plane with the team. So at the end of the day, you're doing all of this just to spread COVID on a freaking public transportation service. Well, it gets better, Miss Graves, because uh, so they get back to El Paso. Who knows when those kids got back to El Paso? Right. The next they, day? They, the next day, they, they test them then. Uh, actually, they tested on Monday, yesterday. Right. Those that tested positive, they were false positives and they were actually negative. Okay, well, I mean, that's a bright side in all of this because that means COVID didn't get, you know, transferred from one end of the state of Texas to no. the other. And especially Ohio, I mean, Ohio State, wow, what's on my brain? Especially because El Paso has been a hot spot. Yeah. Um, like they've been hit very, very hard by COVID in general. So I'm glad that those were false positives, but wow. I would be so mad if I was those players, it, so mad. I couldn't even imagine, yeah. Like, cause I've, I've, I haven't even made that trip before. I've driven from El pa from Austin to El Paso, my hometown, because I have family out there. It's a long day. It's like nine hours. Uh, I couldn't yep. even imagine it. And to your point, you're absolutely right about the spreading it. It was not a good idea to put those kids on a Greyhound bus, no matter what. That's no. just dumb. 
That's just no, so No, just dumb. take the L, just take the L that your program decided not to test before you left and put them on the plane. And if you have an outbreak, several other schools across the country are dealing with the same thing and you will deal with it. I don't even think UTEP has won a game. So what were you trying to save yourselves from? I'm not sure. Uh, Dana Dimmel, the head coach, said it was definitely a regret of his to not test before they left El Paso. But circling back to, which it is circling back literally, those kids and having, to, <laughs> I don't know if anybody understands how big the state of Texas is until you drive through it. But could you imagine flying to Houston then getting on a bus to go back home and then nothing was wrong with you. I think those kids That's are just what I'm taking, saying. They're taking like long Imagine, walks whew, outside, just kind of staring at them. Their parents have to be livid. <laughs> livid. That if is they, a bad if these weekend. Were, if these were Big Ten parents, they would be suing. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> and we're going to get to that momentarily. Uh, and speaking of Big Ten, unfortunately, there was some bad news out of that conference, not just talking yep. about the conference itself, but uh, your one of your favorite players of the year, the darling of the year, Indiana Hoosiers, uh, Michael yep. Penix Jr. tears his ACL. I think he tore his MCL as well. He messed up his leg pretty bad and yeah. he's going to be out for the year, uh, which is a huge blow to Indiana, who actually still, as we'll get into in a little bit, has right. a chance at making it to the college football playoffs. But now without their star quarterback, uh, who are the Hoosiers going to be going to now, Haley? The Hoosiers are going to be going to their backup redshirt sophomore, Jack Tuttle. Jack Tuttle. Yes. Jack Tuttle. Heisman winner, 1948, Jack Tuttle. <laughs> That's a hell of a um, name. <laughs> we like names on this show, man. That's You're going great. from the Penix man to Jack Tuttle. But for those, you know, keeping track of Indiana Hoosier football, like I know all of you are. Yes, everybody was, is. Yes. <laughs> he was a four-star <laughs> prospect by Rivals and 247 Sports coming out of high school. He actually is a kid from California, committed to Utah, went there his freshman season in 2018, decided then to transfer to Indiana I don't know how all that played out. I would love to actually ask him why all those incidents took place. Regardless, the Daily Hoosier wrote during fall camp when Penix and Tuttle were competing for the job that if you had to pick one of the guys to have the best shot of an NFL career someday, they would actually pick Tuttle because he looks more, more of the part. He's six foot four, big body. He can make all the throws. He's not as agile as Michael Penix is, so that might take some adjusting. But the other downside is the fact that he has not started a game since his senior season in 2017. So there might be some growing pains with him this weekend. And unfortunately, it's not a weekend to have those growing pains because Indiana will face Wisconsin at Wisconsin this weekend, which is a huge matchup in the Big Ten. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he's 6'4". Unlike me, I'm not 6'4". Remember, <laughs> Haley? I'm not, I'm not. I know. I, it still freaks me out. <laughs> um still that freaks me out that's a it, well, it shouldn't freak you out i'm not like a little person and it, if you saw a little i i'm a i'm worried now that if you saw a little person that you would react poorly this is not good <laughs> no no it's just i had a thought in my mind of what you looked like because like on camera you look like you have a bigger frame you know so i thought you were i do, have a, I, I do have a bigger frame i have a bigger right. frame for my height absolutely you know i'm not like a thick yep. boy but I, i'm i'm okay right so. yeah you I'm, no, I'm no six four, you know, two hundred. How how much is Mr. Tuttle? Two hundred pounds. That's actually yeah, kind of rather. He needs to eat more. If you're six four, <laughs> you should eat more than that. You should be like two thirty. Maybe he doesn't have much muscle. Well, he's going to need every bit against Wisconsin <laughs> because Wisconsin, of course, you know, the Big Ten has been 
I don't know what to say about the Big Ten other than that. It has been our our crazy uh, just cousin this this season. Yeah. They're, they have not done one thing the right way. Not one <laughs> thing has gone the way that we thought it would. We had no idea that Indiana would be Indiana except for you, but we didn't know they'd get to the heights that they did, that right. Penn State and Michigan would fall like they did, that Northwestern would be top ten in the first college football rankings. Uh, and then cough an egg to Michigan State. Which we all kind of – the Northwestern, like, of course they're going to do that. They're not that good of a football program. Right, like not that – team. They're a good program, that, not a team. That 100% sums up the Big Ten in 2020. What? Was North Northwestern being, you know, prime position, driver's seat to play in the Big Ten championship, doing what they needed to do, taking care of business against Wisconsin, and then turning around and losing to Michigan State. In, in just terrible fashion. Yeah, it's, right. uh, that's what the Big Ten has been. So now the Big Ten, who started this whole mess, folks, like if you can remember and go back in time, the reason we are pretty much just doing conference only is because of the Big Ten. The Big Ten was right. like, we're just going to do that. And everybody's like, that's a good idea because it, for the most part, was a good idea. Uh, now looking back on it, it wasn't. But they're right. the they, they have been the puppet master for their own failure when they didn't need to be. And so now we're in a situation right now, Haley, where, as we said, we're a few weeks away from this thing being over, uh, no more games. Um, And their darling, their one hope to get into the college football playoff in Ohio State has only played four games. Now, we've talked about this at length, and we talked about it when the Big Ten came back into the fold, that they said that with their schedule set up with no bye weeks, that you have to play a minimum of six games. Well, Ohio State's game with Illinois just got canceled. And Ohio State's head coach, Ryan Day, has COVID and won't be coaching against Michigan State, which might not happen this weekend. Which, Haley, if my math is right, that leaves one more game against Michigan, which would only be five games. Correct. And not even just that, the news gets worse for Ohio State fans because a day ago, Nathan Baird of Cleveland.com said that Ohio State football is on an indefinite pause. So far, they have 13 positive cases out of about 170 staff, players, and coaches, which still doesn't look great. They clearly have an outbreak over there. And not only that, you brought up the Michigan situation. Well, Michigan, they also just paused their football activities. That game is 12 days away, so things are not looking good on either front. There's a huge potential. If Ohio State doesn't get their situation under control, they're going to have several starters out if there's even a game this weekend and then looking ahead to next weekend's game if Michigan doesn't get themselves under control then the game might not even happen which is insane to think and per the Big Ten's own rule which nobody else put this rule uh, onto their own conference this was of their doing their darling Ohio State will not play in the Big Ten championship it would actually go to the next team which we mentioned Indiana who's sitting at six and one, who has already fulfilled the six plus game requirement. So they would be the champions of the East despite losing to Ohio State and most likely still, as of right now, go play Northwestern and the Big Ten Championship. Could you imagine the anger directed at Kevin Warren? Because he's getting it this year no matter what, but at the end of this year, if they really end up with the person, the team that they send is going to be either Northwestern or Indiana, as Big Ten champ, what an, I mean, Kevin Warren doesn't have a job, right? Like, it's done, right? Yeah. I mean, there are, there are bigger question marks on 
other positions in the Big Ten before I would <laughs> say that Kevin Ward is going to go. There's a lot of people that are losing their jobs in the Big Ten. There's going to be some yeah. shuffling around. Uh, but it is, it's crazy to think that um, the way it is right now. Now, they, we did talk about a loophole earlier is that, that they tweeted something out um, last right. week, I believe, basically saying that if the league average of games falls below the six-game requirement that they could reach, meaning yeah. – I guess 12 out of 14 games canceled this coming week or in the next two weeks, yep. then the six game rule wouldn't matter. All of this stuff I'm talking, if you're listening, but, it's like, why the fuck are we even doing this? Right. Like, but it love, shouldn't like, be a thing. But just for, just for everyone to understand, 12 of 14 games have to get canceled. And in that that's only if Ohio State falls below this six game mark. But if there's 12 or 14 games in the Big Ten alone canceled, we have bigger problems. Right. And it speaks to that. I mean, there's just not going to be any more games played. Uh, right. It's crazy. So the Big Ten is in a big mess. They have put themselves in this situation. Nobody else is stressing because on the flip side of things, as we get into the rankings, the ACC is just chilling. The ACC is going to walk Ooh, away from this thing. Wait, I have a question for you before yes, we get to ACC. Yes, ma'am. Serious, serious question here. What is the higher probability, Ohio State making the Big Ten championship or the Big Ten just throwing in the towel altogether and saying, we have an outbreak, we're shutting down all of football? Oh, because think about, it, you have, think about it, you have issues at Maryland too. I mean, it's all over the place. Right. Um, every school has been affected. They have been so finicky. I would not place any bet on Big Ten to move one way or the other, to move left or right. I have no idea. Right. Like, I wouldn't touch I could, I could see a scenario where they do whatever they can to get Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. And then I could also see a scenario where they just toss in the towel, say, we tried. We gave you a chance. Y'all couldn't contain COVID. We're just going to we're just going to wrap it all. That I could see as well. I wouldn't be shocked either way because I think the way that the Big Ten has handled this uh, from top to bottom <laughs> right. has, has not worked. I get that we're all trying to do our best in 2020, but you could be the ACC, which yep. has two teams in the top four right now. What a transition. And, <laughs> I mean, and here it is why the ACC really is going to win some awards by picking up Notre Dame and by getting the ball rolling early. Right. Um, the ACC has made a pretty smart move. They are condensing their season now. Instead of expanding it like some other leagues would like, they're condensing. Yeah. So they're canceling um, the last week of games for Notre Dame and Clemson. So instead of Notre Dame playing two more games, which right. two more regular season games, they're only playing one. It's the same with Clemson. So they're cutting out games to get their two best teams into the playoffs. That's how you yep. do it, folks. So you're taking notes, Big Ten, Kevin Warren, that's how you do it. So now Notre Dame yes. only has to play one more game. They play Syracuse. Notre Dame is already clinched, as of today, with that news, a spot in the ACC championship game. Right. Uh, Clemson has to beat VTech, and then that's it. If Clemson loses to VTech, Miami would still have a potential shot to make it in, but we all kind of know. Did you see Trevor Lawrence play? Right. Against, <laughs> I don't think they're losing right. to VTech. Yeah, I, it's, that's interesting. And, I mean, you could even say the same thing for the SEC and a different perspective, whereas the ACC is scheduling back games. The SEC gave them flexibility and room to breathe if it was needed, and it was, but now they're still going to be able to play their complete season because they started earlier and basically because they just didn't listen to the Big Ten. 
And it, it, this is what we've been talking about all year long yes. is being able to maneuver in this thing like we all want to in 2020. Right. We talked about verbatim on the show, the Big Ten will fail. I said I would, I would shave my head if they didn't cancel one game. We didn't make right. one week. They didn't have left themselves no room to maneuver, and now they've yeah. set themselves their own trap to fall into by potentially not even have their best team come out of the conference. It's yeah, it's not good. Um, and I mean, even 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 if there's an Ohio State game played this weekend and next weekend, you're not going to have your best players on the field anymore because there's a official names. You have to be like one of those Ohio State subscribers, which I am not, in order to get the names. But there's a lot of starters that are a part of this COVID outbreak. And, you know, how is that going to affect the team? Because quite frankly, as a college football fan, if the college football playoff committee is going to sneak Ohio state in, I want the best damn Ohio state team to show up and play in the college football playoff. And I don't think I've seen that team yet. And it's frustrating. They're putting Ohio state there out of the whim and the high ceiling that the team could have, but we have not seen it yet this season, and that's what's really frustrating. It's frustrating. It is. For college football fans, it's got to be frustrating for Ohio State because you definitely know that they want these games. They want right. to play, but they don't have the opportunity to do so. Out of a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, that teams weren't going to take it as serious. Mainly right. Ohio State schedule. Go look at it, folks. It's trash. Yeah. So looking at the rankings, though, I can hear a little bit of Aggie anger in that because I get it. Because if you're one of the teams outside of the four, you are looking at Ohio State with daggers. Because as, right. it's, as it stands, the top four did not change. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and number four, Ohio State remains the same. Yeah. The top seven remain the same. A&M at number five, uh, right yeah. ahead of Florida, who they beat. Then Cincinnati, and then you get into the rest of the eight through 13, which really doesn't matter too much. Um, right. And and, you know, it's funny you say my Aggie anger. And, you know, I was surprised to still see A&M at number five because it's no secret they didn't have a stellar performance. But as I said on last week's show, that was expected. They hadn't played in three weeks. That's true. You know, of yeah. course, this team is going to come out rusty, which they were, especially on offense. Defense looked like it didn't skip a beat. You know, they got after uh, Miles Jones. They won defense alignment of the week for the SEC A&M's um, Buddy Johnson, who had a pick six, which, you know, you're a big fan of. He got um, defensive player of the week in the SEC. So the defense was there, but offense, which we even saw at the beginning of the season, clicked a little bit later. So A&M's going to really need to turn it up because as many people have said, and order for AM to get in the final four they have to win against teams convincingly that was and, a problem and, yeah. and 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 you know like this weekend being deep in aggie twitter as i am that was a big conversation and that's what a lot of people were really angry about is what is your definition what is the playoff committee's definition of convincing and clearly they said the message that AM's win was convincing enough to leave them at number five. Because at the end of the day, AM had a 20 to nothing lead on LSU. And I don't care how bad LSU is this this year. I don't, I don't care. Say what you want about LSU this season. We know that they're not up to par of what LSU we've seen. And granted, that probably is a lot to do with the team we saw last year. So you're expecting a little bit of a drop off, but we saw a huge drop off in LSU this season, but they still have an incredibly talented roster. And when A&M and LSU step on the field, there's bad blood. So you're going to be, that's going to be a game that's going to be tough regardless. So the fact that A&M had the game in control the 
whole four quarters, it was the last drive that LSU finally got something together and scored. It was disappointing to see, but it is what it is. Realistically, that is still a convincing win. I would say it's a half convincing win. I mean, it see, really, and that's the argument. That's the I mean, argument. Because the argument the other way, I can see it. I think I, I definitely give what uh, credence to what you said about Aggies having so much time off. I don't care who you are. Right. It, it, it definitely affects you. And it definitely affected the offense. I think when the committee looks at it, I think that defense has been kind of the shining star for AM. But it's yeah. like, is Kellen Mond the Justin Fields, the Trevor Lawrence, the Mac Jones, the Kyler Trask caliber? You but you can't even you can't even put Justin Fields in that conversation right now because he got play, outplayed by Michael my, Penix my last week. No, that's a fair point. I'm just saying right. you can't go 11 and 34. This just you yeah. just can't, and that's and I know that's tough, but it's hard for. I think I think the committee can see it both ways, but the committee definitely made a definitive statement tonight saying that if Ohio State doesn't lose, they're going to the playoffs. And unfortunately for A and M, if you take a look at their schedule. They've only beaten one team with a winning record, which is Florida, which is an awesome win. It's a damn good win. Uh, they need to do something impressive. LSU, that wasn't it. It was a pitiful game to watch just offensively for both of those squads. My God, LSU, you talk right. about it. I don't think you, you you gave them – you were being nice when you said they took a huge drop off. There needs to be another <laughs> term for that because that's right. unbelievable. That Both teams barely combined for over 550 yards. Like it was bad. Right. Um, right. It was, and it, and it really was, it came down to Kellen not being able to connect with his receivers. Yeah, and that's which, what, that's what the issue was. I mean, yeah. Isaiah Spiller had, I think a, a buck, nearly a buck 50, you know, he was, he was so good he, on the ground. Yeah. He, and he, so he did his part. The O-line did their part. It was just getting that rhythm back between Kellen and his receivers. And I think they'll get it together. I really do. I think they'll be fine. This week is a big one going up against Arkansas. I mean, Auburn, both A's, same shit. Um, and we'll see. It's at Auburn, which AM has had a really strong track record playing at Auburn. So hopefully they come out and they play like they know how to play this weekend. Well, that's going to be the, the question for the committee, too, is I think this is the game because AM finishes off with Tennessee, which isn't like that's a wash. Who cares? Right. Um, and potentially you, Ole Miss. And potentially if they, yeah. if they add back on in that championship right. weekend. I think for AM, I know if you're an Aggie fan, you like you were disappointed by that result. Getting the win was big, but you know at this point it's style points yep. are, more, are, are what you really need. you got to crush Auburn. Yeah. Alabama crushed Auburn. Like that was a, they threw him around like a rag doll. Right. Gus Malzahn, you never know. Haley, you know as, as well as I do. Who's on the hot seat every year, even if he's fresh off a national championship? Go smiles <laughs> on. on. Yeah. <laughs> because he is. I mean, that's just how it goes down on the well, plane. Right? I mean, that's what we always talk about. Even going back to the beginning of when we started this and we're doing an SEC preview, it was like we had Auburn and it was like, I don't know what they are. No I don't. I still don't know what they are. I still don't know who Bo Nix is. I don't know what – I know they have Tank Bigsby, but, I mean, aside from that, like – who are you? What are you? But I do agree. A&M needs some style points this weekend. They do. And so you have a, an Auburn team that they got embarrassed in the iron ball. Gus could be fighting for his life. You know, he's going to pull out his bag of tricks, yep. uh, which is basically just get the ball to Seth Williams, which you, they still yeah. struggle to do. Right. Um, so that's a big game for A&M. If A&M can show up and just beat down Auburn, they might turn the committee's head. Because I right. think that's and, what the committee's looking for. And I hope that Jimbo w brings out his – every competitive bone in his body and I hope that he recognizes this and knows this because in Aggie fashion and in Aggie way we are known for being the nice
nice guy, the nice school, the school that even when you're the better opponent and you're really smacking a team, you'll, you'll take the gas off the pedal a little, but this is not a week to do that. You have to go full throttle and cram it down Auburn's throat to get some people to turn their heads back in Texas A&M's direction. Absolutely. It, it just makes everything look better. Uh, you want right. Florida to continue to win if you're an Aggie fan. If you're an yeah. Aggie fan, if you're a Florida fan, yeah, you're rooting for, for different things, but you're rooting for some right. stuff to happen in front of you. Uh, for right. Florida, it's just, God, I hope we can have a shot against Alabama. Uh, do, we, do we step on that field? Or are we even in the same class? I just don't know if they are. I think that also plays in the committee a little bit of seeing floor, uh, uh, a fourth Number four being Texas A&M being like, right. do we really want to put them against Alabama again? Is right. it, is it, have they improved that much? It's going to be interesting to see. I think when you look at the ACC, uh, Herb Street talked about it tonight during the ranking show, and you've said since day one, Haley, that two ACC teams will get in. Notre Dame might have already punched their ticket by, by beating North Carolina in somewhat convincing, low-ceiling Notre Dame way. Um, right. And it, depending upon that Clemson game, I think that so much weighs on that. Or am I wrong yeah. on that? Am I putting too much onto it? Like, like let me give I, you a scenario. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, beats the shit out of them, full-strength Clemson, I'm talking like 21, 28 points. What does that do to Notre Dame? See, I think it hurts Notre Dame in the same fashion that you're speaking about A&M and Alabama already playing, and it comes down to who do you want to see a rematch more? Do you want to see an Alabama A&M rematch, or do you want to see in two weeks, three weeks' time, a repeat of the same bashing that you just had? The difference is A&M and Alabama played in week two. They're arguably different teams, arguably better teams now than they were in week two for both teams, that can be said. But with Notre Dame and Clemson, if you watch that matchup happen December 19th, turn around and have to watch it again two weeks later, how many people are actually going to want to watch that shit? I mean, it, they, yeah, they could potentially play three times this year, which is right. <laughs> it's crazy to think. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens out of that game. What, which way does it go? I think, uh, I think, I think that the ACC championship game holds significantly more weight than their in-season win because I mean like I said like it just wasn't that impressive they basically played a JV Clemson team and that's what their high horse and that's what they're riding on when nearly every other team that they've played against they've either had close games against winless or winning losing record opponents or they played a game like UNC and they barely scraped by it's, it is frustrating to watch that team. If you do watch, if you've watched Notre Dame football this year, they beat UNC by a couple scores, but not until the fourth quarter. Like, right. they, like to your point, like Notre Dame just lingers in games. They've never really put anybody away and they hung in there with Clemson and they just right. happened to get the last hand. And that's how they were able to take them down. Uh, just some very, uh, there were some well-timed quarterback pressures on DJU that ended up having a long field for Clemson and right. overtime to make that thing happen. But to your point, yeah, there's a massive amount of pressure on that ACC title game one way or the other of what they're going to do. Um, so if you're an outside looking in, that's an a and in Florida, you know, you have your shot against Alabama. That's your one ticket. Obviously, if you beat them, you're in. Um, and what does that say about A&M? It, it'll be, that would be massive if Florida is able to have the upset against Alabama. I don't know if that puts – him back in it would leave him just at number five I think that a Florida win hurts a and I think a I think Florida playing Alabama 
close hurts Texas A&M because then the same argument that I've had for A&M and Alabama playing so early in the season, the same can be said for A&M and Florida playing so early in the season. So if Florida and Alabama even play close, then I think that hurts Texas A&M. I think the reality of the situation, Haley, and we've kind of said this, is that the top four teams right now are probably the top four teams that'll be there at the end. Right. It's just probably the way it's going to go. Bearing some like crazy, crazy upsets, which you never know. I mean, Ohio State, we're all looking at you, wondering if you really are deserving of that fourth spot. And if just even if we were to end it today, Haley, Alabama versus Ohio State, I don't think I like the Buckeyes as much as I did at the beginning of the year and then seeing them play. That might be right. just as big of a bloodbath that AM had against Alabama. Right. I agree. So, so I'm still pissed about BYU. I just can't. <laughs> they're not going to get a shot. I'm furious about that. I don't know what Cincy has done better, uh, that much better than BYU to deserve such a either the number seven team in the country. I don't believe that. Um, right. the, the committee is some. I would love there's, to get their there's some process. there's still some extreme sketchiness. I mean, Iowa State jumping five spots to number nine for Why? beating Texas. Why? Why? For, I, right. I, yeah, I have no idea what they saw. I watched that game. You bet your ass I watched that game. Unfortunately, from start to finish, knew how it was going to go down. Man, Sammy Sammy Ellinger deserved better than that. Um. The, the, well, let's his, include include me in that. The whole fan base his, deserves better. Yeah. I mean, but specifically his farewell game. It was it was rough. Yeah, um, I could have. It kind of summarized honestly. It kind of summarized his time at Texas. It did. Yeah, he wrapped up his time at Texas, losing to Iowa State at home. At home, and, senior day. Yeah, senior day at home, and basically granting the Big Twelve championship to Iowa State for the first time since since nineteen twelve. <laughs> Uh, but that's but that's not even the only sketchy part. Oklahoma State in Oregon jumped switch spots. Or Oklahoma State jumped eight, and Oregon dropped eight. I mean, it's I, just I have it's no wild. Idea. I have no idea. USC USC dropped two spots for getting a win. It's yeah. It was very confusing <laughs> from top to bottom. Uh, I, I'm fine with the UNC dropping. I'm not okay with teams. Like Oklahoma, who the hell did Oklahoma State beat to jump eight spots? Eight. Texas Tech, three and six. Texas Tech. What gives you, you that? You don't get to do that, committee. That's not a thing. Okay, that should you happen. know what it is. You know what it is. Won't Oklahoma State and Iowa State have a rematch in the Big Twelve Championship? Potentially, yes. So that's they're trying to make that game spicier. I guess because actually the way it stands right now, Oklahoma owns a tiebreaker against Oklahoma State. They would be the ones mm. going to play Iowa State, who they lost oh. to earlier this year. Uh, hey, but, he, but now you got a new Oklahoma team with old Bob Stoops back in the building. Which, yes, that's another thing. I, I believe <laughs> we should investigate this. I believe that there's uh, some felonious uh, things going on in Norman. I, do not, I don't think that should happen. You can't just do that. You don't just they get, hire they hired him as a special assistant. Oh bullshit! That you can't do that. That's wrong. That's so. What do you? <laughs> why do you need hey, Bob there? Hey, but he did say that his input will be minimal. He recognizes that this is not his team nor his program anymore. So we don't need to get carried away. That he's just going to do his best and help out wherever he can while keeping a low profile. 
Is that is that what um, all the you know white people in Oklahoma told the Native Americans before they stole their land? Like, oh no, we're just gonna like check out the land. We're not it's gonna just, take it. It's interesting because I'm almost curious to see if and how much of a distraction he'll be, or is this potentially an opportunity that OU is actually gonna use him for recruiting while they're low on staff members who've tested positive for COVID and those staff members can focus on the rest of the season, getting to a Big 12 championship game, winning out, and Bob Stoops on the low low as a special assistant is helping with recruiting. I don't know, but I don't like I'm any of it. I'm making up rumors. I'm no, making up I, rumors. You know what? It could be true. I wouldn't trust anything those dirty Sooners <laughs> do. I think uh, it's wrong. It smells rotten. But okay, I what personally am I going to do though, about it? Like, being for real here, I would much rather see an OU Iowa State rematch over an Oklahoma State Iowa State rematch 1000% 1000% that game uh Oklahoma I, uh, Iowa State was an amazing one that was a back and forth one remember it ended on that game ceiling interception yep. uh, uh that was a great one I, I would love to see that one again and you know who would win that one Oklahoma and they'd win like their 500th Big 12 championship in a yep. row and all would be right. And it would be the one thing that feels right back in 2020 is a big 12 championship being back at Oklahoma. That does feel right. That's the only thing I know uh, yeah, as exactly. a Texas fan is Oklahoma winning the big 12. Um, yes. But I, I was especially just seeing that jump from Iowa state uh, yeah. jumping uh, Oklahoma, Indiana, Miami to say that they're the ninth best team in the country after, with all due respect to Iowa State, right. Texas, Texas gifted you that game. Specifically, it, there, was nothing there was nothing impressive about Iowa State winning that game. Texas played a shitty game. Uh, you outlasted their shittiness. That's pretty much it. You, there was nothing spectacular that you did. You didn't beat a really good team either, by the way. So yeah. I don't understand the justification of jumping them up that high. So I think if you're... <laughs> I think that, that kind of scares you for this new committee. If you're in the top four, you're doing great because below you is just chaos. Right. They have no idea what's going on. Like the committee is hoping that thing, that Ohio State gets their shit together. I do not trust these folks right now, just seeing what we have out of all the rankings. And again, we've talked about this. This process is only about putting in the best teams. We get that that, is the, major, that the majority of them are not. But just showing your thought process in the other ones is, is – right. This has been the scariest bunch out of all the committees. All the committees we've had, you know, up until this point, Haley, they're usually spot on. Um, we've also never had a season like this before. We, we've also never had a season like this before. But what they're doing right now is a little – the BYU disrespect is unbelievable. In fact, I think it's even more disrespectful to move them up one spot for nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Am I wrong on that? or like? No. And, I mean and, – and, you know, we've been talking a lot of how the – BYU is affected. We were just talking about the Big 12, but Pac 10 is just that Oregon drop, as you said, dropping eight spots, and USC dropped two for winning. Which they I actually respect. <laughs> I actually respect that. I don't want to piss off USC people, but I, I don't I don't think that highly of you to begin with. Uh that was deserved. You've beaten you haven't beaten anybody this year with a winning record. True. Uh, every game you play, you should actually be 0-3 right now. Like, you should have yeah. lost your first every two game. Games. Nothing has Nothing has been convincing. Everything no. has, you know, just looked like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to get by. Yes. Uh, and when we're talking about the Civil War, that was probably one of the worst officiated games to come out of this year. I unfortunately did right. not get to see it, but I heard it was crazy. Uh, but Oregon, irregardless, you should not be struggling against Oregon no. State. 
we've talked about. It's not to talk shit about the, you call them the Pac-10, which I love the disrespect. Oh, whoops. Because <laughs> they're acting, they're not acting like the Pac-10. They need to act like, you need, Pac-12 needs to act like Pac-10. Pac-10 was a great <laughs> conference. We're talking old school USC. We're talking Dennis Dixon. <laughs> You're not Oregon. wrong. Yeah. Cal with Marshawn, Andrew Luck at Stanford. Those were good. That was yep. Pac-10. That was good shit. Yes. Pac-12 is terrible. <laughs> well, so, I, it just sounded right. They're the Big Ten's little brother, so you might as well call them the Pac-10. Both of you did terrible this year. You both, you both messed up. Um, you messed up. So it's the other interesting thing on this um, – uh, with the Pac-12 being dead and then the Big 12 coming into play is that with Iowa State beating Texas, that again opens up the coaching carousel and makes things yep. very interesting because that's going to be a hell of an offseason. For anybody keeping score at home, we have two SEC schools open right now and Will Muschamp leaving South Carolina, Derek Mason leaving Vanderbilt. And that doesn't Bottom tier SEC schools. Bottom <laughs> tier, but there could be some other jobs open, especially right. if you do a really good job. Looking at you, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen seems like a guy that would jump ship to an NFL. <laughs> I'm laughing. My bulldog is in the room with me, and she was just headbutting the door to get out. Is she tired? Of, she's tired of all the Texas talk. That's what it is. She's she tired is. of Tom Herman. I get it. I get it. <laughs> she she let herself out, but she was just headbutting over there. Sorry. Yeah, no, Back. that's. Yeah, Back no, that's to the bottom perfect. tier SEC schools. No, that's perfect. Let herself out. That's exactly what Tom Herman used to do <laughs> at Texas. Just let yourself out. You know the yep. way. Um, Texas fans have felt like her. She could feel the energy. Just, yes. <sighs> uh, I mean, we do, we do the same thing as your dog and I. I, I. I bash my head against the wall. Just tap it against right. the wall during the game. Uh, right. te Texas most likely uh, will not be retaining Tom Herman at the end of this year. We've looking at Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, with what's he going to do after losing to Penn State, the worst team giving in the Big Penn Ten. State, giving Penn State their first win. And you knew that would happen. Couldn't have written maybe. it better. You could, could not have written it um, better. I don't see a scenario where Jim Harbaugh and Tom Herman remain in college football. Uh, so we're, ta we're talking about big coaching jobs anywhere. Because even though if you're, if you're bottom no, I've tier. No, seen, I've seen some John Harbaugh rumors to the NFL. That's been like since day one, right? Like they right. want him back. He wants to go back. I think he's done with this. We talked that he would resign. Uh, if right. anything, that Michigan wouldn't fire him. Tom Herman, a little bit different of a scenario. But again, Tom Herman doing first down in Texas. Uh, again, Tom Herman is 14-3 and three in games that are one score or less. And it shows. Right. Beating Iowa State all day long on Saturday, losing to them at the end. Um, but that's been – that's literally been – his reputation that's what he does uh and unfortunately i mean that's just not going to cut it for the longhorns we're now five and three on the year once again they're not back and iowa state is now in contention for the first title in almost in more than 100 years because does, of tom herman who does texas have this weekend uh they have kansas state however texas has some COVID issues on campus right now along with their star tackle sam cosme opting out to go to the nfl and caden stern's uh free safety also opting out uh, for the remainder of his career at Texas. So I'm not so sure. So what happens if Texas doesn't get six wins? Are they not bowl eligible? Actually, everybody's bowl eligible this year. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's uh, right. But we only have 34 bowl games right now. Yes, so. but in my opinion, they should not be bowl eligible. I'm not going to pay to go see. I don't want to see them in a bowl game. They're going to play an SEC team. They'll most likely play uh, like an Arkansas um, right. or, or an they're, Auburn in the Texas Bowl. They're, they're likely to lose this weekend to K-State. 
Yeah, absolutely. They're going to lose. Uh, Sam Ellinger even flirted with the idea of maybe coming back next season. I think that there's a lot. How be- many years of eligibility does he have? He's a senior, but everybody gets a free oh, COVID yeah. year, so you can come back. <laughs> so just stick with me, Grace. If a guy, you know, maybe a Urban Meyer guy happened to maybe come down to Texas, maybe Sammy stays around. You never know. We'll, we'll find out. By the way, the message boys never, down in Austin are... He never wants to leave Texas. No, Sam Ellinger, no, he wants to be there forever. Um, but it's interesting to see how all that's going to work out at the end of the year. Um, it's going to look a lot different next year. It a lot of these schools, is. a lot of these conferences. Uh, the things that are remaining the same, though, is that Alabama and Clemson are so damn good at football. Um, and we have some big games coming up this weekend um, that are going to influence uh, what we see going forward. And that starts off with Ohio State at Michigan State if that game happens on Saturday. We yep. also have um, Indiana and Wisconsin, as you mentioned earlier. And then Really, the biggest one for me in the SEC is your Aggies taking on Auburn. I mean, that's bright and early, yep. 11 a.m. If A&M can pull off a convincing victory, they're going to turn the heat up on Ohio State, and that's what they need to do. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. And like I mentioned, you know, knock on wood, knock on all kinds of things, um, A&M has played well at Auburn. So We'll have to see. Oh. Yeah, I, this, this game should favor A&M. I think right. multiple weeks off – lackluster win against LSU you know that's not what you wanted to do right like Aggies Aggies you have the floor this weekend yeah that's what I said come out full throttle and do not let up because you and that's I mean you you can hang your hat on that at the end of the season right Haley like if you go out and blow out Auburn and Tennessee to wrap up your year one loss to Alabama you did your job even if you don't make it to the playoffs right and then and I mean I said as an Aggie fan and Aggie grad that I would be happy with that. I would be happy with this A&M team going to a New Year's Six Bowl because that shows, honestly, where the floor can be for this program. And you can have that chip on your shoulder of where it can still go. And that's a hell of a recruiting pitch. Absolutely it is, especially in a down SEC West year. That's a big deal for A&M to have that uh, advantage to say like, oh, hey, yeah, you're, trust you're not going to be, you know, don't worry about LSU and Auburn. Like, Hey, just worry about us. We'll go beat right. Alabama. Trust me. I am uh, definitely glad though, that that Ole Miss game has not yet been rescheduled because Matt Corral and Ole Miss and their offense is a little, little scary. Yeah. I wouldn't want that smoke. Um, and it's, it's interesting with A&M how, how different them and Texas are at this point. A&M is solely focused, even though we both look on each other, on winning the SEC West and they're climbing that ladder. Texas is losing recruits to Ohio State. It's odd. I don't right. know where everything went wrong with that. but like, <laughs> It's like we went across the wrong tracks and picked a fight with a bully that we had no business like getting into a fight with. But now that's right. our, our rival isn't A&M anymore. It's for yep. some reason Ohio State, who we don't yeah. even play. It's cool. like it's almost as if this – culture of being so connected through our phones and through technology and how quickly you can get from point a to point b that now you know kids going out of state it's no longer an issue because you're a phone call a facetime a plane away you know two hours away from home plane ride I don't know if that's actually the math from Austin to specifically Ohio State. Yeah, but yeah that's, it sounds about right because like two and a half hours to Ohio. Yeah, I just kind of assume that 
every Austin to anywhere in the country is two and a half to three hours because it's like right in the middle of the country. But uh, anyways, you know, that it becomes a non-issue now, whereas in the past, kids wanted to stay home. That was a long way away. And now that's just not the case. Yeah, and it was for mom and dad too. You know, if you're playing out a conference, right. you know, like if you were a big 10 or big 12 kid back in the day with Colorado, mom and dad get to see you because you're coming down to Texas Tech, you're coming right. down to Texas, you're coming down to AM. Well, now you, you're not. And you see programs die on the vine. We've talked about this with Nebraska. Right. Uh, but for whatever reason, Ohio State has a flag in downtown Austin, Texas, and it's just pilfering kids left and right, whatever. I hate everything. I hate everything, Haley. It's the worst year to be a football fan. The best thing that can happen for you is a Tom Herman firing. You think, do you think, honestly, Texas loses to Kansas State, does Tom Herman get fired? I think Tom Herman has already been fired. I think yes. (laughs) Um, And I I don't say that to be mean to the guy, but the writing is on the wall. Right. Listening to his presser, hate to go Longhorn combo right here, but I think he knows what's going on. Uh, yeah. I think the biggest thing with Tom Herman that's different from Mac Brown and Charlie Strong is that Tom has no allies, and that's yeah. a big problem. If you want to be arrogant, that's fine, but you got to win. Uh, I also feel like the players don't even advocate for him. At least the players liked Charlie Strong and playing for him. Oh, absolutely. And we, as a fan base, like Charlie Strong. We just, I mean, dude, you lost to Kansas. That's that's a line you can never cross. You cross yeah. it. Yeah, um, right. With Tom Herman, though, to your point exactly, Haley, with players, one of the players that left, Caden Stearns, uh, safety for Texas, who's an injury bug guy, but had four picks his freshman year, was supposed to be this this star, right. never really developed into it. When Urban Meyer went on his infamous rant this year about going under the hood, which was a directed yep. at Texas combo, he retweeted that. And that is one of the guys that just opted out, along with Sam Cosme. Both of those guys were team captains. That says wow. more about the culture and the head coach there that you don't really care about that. Uh, the fact that two captains, like that's, that's bad. That's indicative of your leadership. Yeah. Not, not theirs. Yeah. And you know, the fact that your players don't want to stick around for two more games, because potentially a third in a bowl game. The fact that your players don't want to finish out their career as Texas Longhorns. That says a lot. It does. I, I think it's got the attention of a lot of people, especially when the team has come out and said, we're actually really happy that those guys left. Not, not in terms of like, no, they're like right. legitimately happy, right? Like the good right. for them, it's great. Right. You, so, you have an owl. It's a massive problem in Austin. I think uh, CDC, Chris Conte, the athletic director can see yep. that and it's going to uh, fix it. But these are the conversations that you got to have around the country, whether it's Michigan, whether it's Penn State, right. uh, Vanderbilt, South Carolina is like, how long is too long? Because yeah. if you wait long enough, you can become a Nebraska. <laughs> and you're never heard from again. And that's the end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. It's perfect. Um, don't become a Nebraska. Don't become a Nebraska. Don't get cocky and think, oh, we'll get it back. You can lose it in this game, Haley. You've seen it. You can lose it in this game of college football, and it could take decades. Right. I used to laugh at my parents when they told me, they said, oh, Tyler, you have no idea. It was 35 years in between national championships for Texas. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I'm never going to experience that. I'm on year 15. I'm on year 15. Okay? It can happen to you too, folks. Anyways, that's our show. That is it. Don't be Nebraska. Don't, don't be Nebraska. Um, so uh, social handles for everybody? 
Oh yeah, guys, as always, hit me up. Twitter, Haley One Graves Two, Instagram, Haley Graves with two S's. That's H-A-L-E-Y-G-R-A-V-E-S-S. Google me, find my Twitter, send me a tweet, tell me Texas is back. Haha, they're not. I don't care. Um, <laughs> and that's it. We'll see you guys next week for uh the third playoff rankings. Yeah, we will. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.